I have this little tastometer scale. Anytime you can gamify, like making it fun. So I do this in my cooking classes and with my girls at home, and it's been very uh, successful. So I have this scale of zero to 10. And instead of saying, take a bite, try a bite, please, like begging and pleading, just say, what do you rate it? And so you're turning into a game. It's just that simple shift. And then you're, it's not going to turn into an argument. If they don't want to rate it, just move on and try again another time. Do you want to wake up feeling like you are stepping into who you're meant to be? Into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. We are talking to Nisa Pignatara today. She is my guest, and she is a certified health coach and educator with a master's degree in early childhood education, a mom of two young girls and a wife, and she is the founder of Nisa's Clean Kitchen. And she has such an amazing perspective on helping our kids eat healthier foods and just have fun with food. And that's what we talk about today. She is okay. When I tell you like she is living her true life's purpose, like her as she used to be a first grade teacher and the things she, the um, activities and the, the strategy she has to help with your kids eating healthy foods and maybe being not as picky. I mean, I'm telling you, she is like living her true life's purpose. So we talk all about getting kids in the kitchen, helping kids eat more veggies and what to do when you have a picky eater. So lots of really incredible takeaways per usual. I really love this episode with Misa. So let's jump in. All right, y'all, let's jump in. I'm here with Misa and we are talking about all things, actually something I was telling her before we started recording, something a little different than we've talked about, which I'm really excited about. And really just about kids and nutrition and healthy eating for kids and families. And I love this topic because so many of y'all listening are moms. So I'm really excited for this chat today, Nisa. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, me too. So let's kind of start with, so you have Nisa's Clean Kitchen is your business. So let's, I guess let's start from there and kind of talk about kind of how this came to be. And then we can get deeper into kind of like the nutrition piece, but let's talk about that first and how you got started in this. Yeah. Well, I used to teach first grade. I taught first grade for 10 years and then I started having babies. <laughs> so I decided to stay home and I have two kids, two girls, and my youngest was diagnosed with failure to thrive at one years old. She had fallen off the growth chart. She wasn't eating. She didn't start eating solid foods till she was two. Mm. So I was just nursing all the time. She had a constant runny nose and the ENT said he recommended getting um, tonsils and adenoids removed. And um, my mom thankfully said, let's go to this naturopathic doctor. And I was not familiar with functional medicine at the time. This was seven years ago. So we went and we got to the root cause of why she was constantly stuffy and couldn't breathe. She had a lot of food sensitivities and I was nursing her. So all the milk was mm-hmm. not, <laughs> not good for her. She was um, sensitive to gluten and dairy and corn and soy and, you know, all those top allergens. And if you go to the grocery store and you look at any of those packaged foods, it all has that stuff in it. So I thought I was never going to enjoy food again, (laughs) (laughs) but 
I found Danielle Walker against all grain. She was the first blog, like paleo blogger I was introduced to. And I taught myself how to cook. Well, I just followed her recipes and I'm like, wow, these are delicious and we can eat them and I can feed them to my girls. So I just got really excited about I can still enjoy food. (laughs) My girls don't have to be deprived. They can still eat all of the food that everybody else is eating. It's just, I have to make it all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thankfully now, seven years later, there's so many great options free and all the options. But so I just got really into nutrition and I became a certified health coach and I missed working with kids. So I started doing kids cooking classes and my cooking classes, all the recipes are allergy friendly and they all have a nutrient dense ingredient like veggies or beans, which kids are not as comfortable with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a great way to expose kids to have fun, to have a more become more familiar and to show them that healthy food can taste good. My favorite testimonials from this fifth grade girl, we made chickpea cookies and uh-huh. she's like, I did not think these were going to taste good because they were made with all healthy ingredients, but they were dessert good. Oh, like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just started doing cooking classes around my kitchen table and then COVID started and I switched to virtual and then parents started asking me to do adult cooking classes. So I just started doing that, focusing on helping moms or parents feed their family and not have to cook like several different meals for everybody and just how to make it more approachable. Yeah. So that's where I am. I love that. (laughs) Such a good story. I love it. Well, and it's, I mean, it's always a perfect story when you've built your business off of like firsthand experience. And I mean, that's the best way to do it because you, you know, it's like my husband has the dummy tax, like, you know what not to do. And you know, you know, you know what you're, I love that. I love that. Sorry. So let's go off that because I know people listening are going to be wondering this, like, first off, because you're talking about like making healthier foods for kids. And um, I love like all the allergen free stuff and all that. So first question is, and I know this is a struggle for every parent is even as like, you know, me who I consider myself a very healthy person. And you know, I'm predominantly plant based with a lot of plants, but it's still hard to get my kids to eat vegetables, like my four year old, like just is in a phase where he just doesn't like vegetables. So you can be the healthiest person. It doesn't mean your kids are going to love eating vegetables. So what are some things we can do or how, tell us the how, how parents can can help get their kids to eat more veggies. Yeah. Well, this is something I struggled with as well. (laughs) But my my kids are, I have to say, they are very curious adventure eaters now. Emily was a picky eater because she didn't start eating solid foods till she was two. So she missed that window of exposure. So I did have to go through that, but she did come out on the other end. Mm -hmm. How I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Cooking classes or cooking, I should say cooking, baking with vegetables, like making spinach muffins, making beet pancakes. They sound totally weird, but they're delicious. And you don't taste the spinach, but the kids know that they're there. And it's just that exposure. And then the kids will be like, oh, maybe I do like spinach in the muffins. And then you could put a couple of leaves of spinach in a smoothie. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, maybe I like, you know, a smoothie. And then you could chop it up really finely and put it in some um, pasta sauce or whatever. So just slowly, slowly finding ways that they like it. Because even if they don't like spinach in a salad or a stir fry, there's so many other ways to eat it. So there's that way. And then um, I love just 
you know, constant modeling and exposure. I used to make a big salad, like way more than I would ever eat, <laughs> especially when my kids were little and they would just pick off of it, like constantly, yeah. so just modeling it, just constantly exposing them, playing games or creating artwork with, you know, fruits and veggies. And I know that sounds time consuming, but think of it as an activity. Like it's not in addition to, it's like, instead of playing a board game, get out some fruits and veggies and explore with them, create some flowers, make a rainbow. I love that hour before dinner. Like we eat dinner at 5.30 and my kids are like, mom, I'm starving at five o'clock, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I usually just put out a plate of veggies and if they're hungry, they're going to eat that. It's like an appetizer before dinner and it's just veggies. And if you want to add a dip or hummus or whatever, and they usually eat that. And then by the time dinner comes around, they've at least had some veggies Mm -hmm. and just, I guess I like to expose kids to veggies all day long as opposed to just at dinner. Right. So I, I try to serve like at least one carrot stick with their snack. And some cucumbers with their lunch. And then another snack, I do peppers or whatever. I am constantly exposing them to veggies throughout the whole day, as opposed to just at dinner, which most of us think of, I don't know, it's a prime opportunity to do the veggies, but all day long is also a great time. And just the more comfortable and familiar they become, eventually, (laughs) hopefully they'll start eating them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Those are such good tips. Well, and I think like you said, I mean, I think it's the majority of toddlers go through that phase, but it's like you said, like they come out on the other side. Like, you know, it's, it's all about them. Like you're being exposed to it. You're saying being exposed to it and experimenting and eventually things start to click and they kind of come out on the other side. So I think it's, you know, a lot of it is consistency with all of the things that you're talking about too, and not giving up because I know I've had people before, they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I made my kid try this and this and they didn't like it. So that's it. But like, just as I didn't like it once, doesn't mean like, cause what happens with, you know, I have an 18 month old and I have a four year old. What's well, like 18 months. She loves the same food one day and the next day she hates it. Like you literally right. just ate this yesterday. So like, like you have to, you know, keep, keep exposing them to it. Yeah. And like you said, try it in different ways and right. cook it in different ways. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. You can tip. see how quickly if you give up on the cucumbers mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you give up on the tomatoes and then you give up. You can see how quickly their yep. diet gets until totally. they're down to like 10 or 20 foods. Yeah. Or you just keep rotating it and mm-hmm. just keep the exposure and just, just do one tomato. You don't have yeah. to like do a whole plateful because that right. becomes overwhelming. Yes. One yes. other tip I thought of was the taste-o-meter. I have this little taste-o-meter scale. Anytime you can gamify, yeah. like it can be fun. So I do this in my cooking classes and with my girls at home and it's been very uh, successful. So I have this scale of zero to 10. And instead of saying, take a bite, try a bite, please, like begging and pleading, just say, what do you rate it? And so oh, you're turning it into a game. It's just that simple, simple shift. That. And then you're, it's not going to turn into an argument. If they don't want to rate it, just move on and try again another time. But you can go on to my website, Misa's Clean Kitchen, and you can download it, print it out. It's fun and colorful. Put it on your fridge. And then just as a nice way to remind everybody to make trying new foods fun. And for the little ones that don't know their numbers yet, you know, just the thumbs down, thumbs to the side, thumbs up. So that's just another fun. I love that. Keep it fun. Yes. Well, and like you said, avoiding like the begging and the pleading is I know sometimes dinner can turn into that where you're just like, oh, and then, and then the more you beg and plead, the more they're not going to do it. So I love that game. That's, I yeah. love that. That's so yeah. good. I love it. Very cool. 
Okay. So you mentioned that, you know, your daughter, which, you know, because of her circumstances, obviously, but that she was a picky eater for a while. So, I mean, the, the game, of course, that you just mentioned is a good way, but do you have any other tips for parents that have picky eaters that are trying to like get through that phase or maybe they're, you know, maybe their kids are older and they're still picky eaters? Yeah. Well, I mean, just all the things that I just like the, mm-hmm. the modeling, the consistency, the not putting pressure, I guess, yeah. because the pressure can just backfire on yep. us and just focus on like during dinner, focus on the company and the conversation and not like staring at them, mm-hmm. watching them eat their food, yep. not eating their food. Family style is another tip, a way to for picky eaters, oh. like put all of the food out on the table. And then have them, depending on their age, serve themselves. Yeah. So they're being exposed, even if they're not grabbing it, they're seeing it and they're seeing the rest of the family eating it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. And they're serving themselves. And I find that when we do this, my kids are more likely to serve things that I wouldn't serve for them. Mm-hmm. Just they like that ownership. Yes. So I've found family style meals to be successful. That's and then crazy. you're just like, uh, like taco night or salad night or burger night. And you're just putting a lot of different ingredients out there and then they can pick and choose what they want to put on their plate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, and giving them, like you're saying, like choice and agency and like deciding what's on their plate, that goes a long way. So that's such a good tip. Yeah. I love that one. That's super good. So for families who, you know, maybe there's some moms listening right now and they're like, you know, this all sounds great, but I'm working, my kids are in 20 different sports, and I have all these kids, and I have like, they're so busy. And, you know, sometimes cooking healthy meals takes time, right? Like, there's a time factor. So, do you have any tips for those who might need like some tips on like planning and prepping and maybe meal prep or something to like get these healthier things in order for their family? Yeah. Well, I always like to meal prep or prep my veggies ahead of time. That's usually the only thing that I prep ahead of time, but I like to chop up a bunch of carrots. So I have those in the fridge, cucumbers, peppers. So then the kids can just reach in the fridge and pull it out themselves if they're hungry or it just makes packing snacks and lunches easier. Everything's prepped, ready to go. And when it's all ready to go, it becomes a convenience food. So it's just like so much easier just to grab it instead of grabbing a bunch of chips. (laughs) And my girls, they love fruit. And I put... I made the mistake of washing grapes and putting in a colander in the fridge. And they're just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) usually I don't wash them to like slow them down. And they know that they're not washed. So that like extra step of having to wash it. And that kind of like slows them down the opposite effect. Yes. But prepping my veggies, having a few go to meals that are just quick and easy, like we love eggs. So eggs and some spinach and some avocado toast. That's dinner some nights. Yeah. Like a rotisserie chicken with a baked sweet potato and some steamed broccoli. Just having a few easy meals that you can whip up and yes, some go tos. I have a a sweet potato quiche on my website. I just make ahead of time and then I just heat it up. So maybe making one or two meals ahead of time to warm up. I mean, you either have to take time to prep it or pay somebody right. to, <laughs> there's right. no way around, but mm-hmm. I'm like simple meals. And if it needs to be a sandwich one night with, you know, 
whatever it's and then put some carrot sticks on the side right. and that's great too. yeah well and I think that's another part of it too I think a lot of times I know with a lot of women that I talk to they really try to complicate it and think there has to be this big complicated dinner where it's like you know for the nights that you are short on time like you can totally make it simple and you can just make you know, a simple, like you're saying, like you have, maybe have a simple sandwich night, but you can make it like a healthy sandwich night and you can add things like, like you're saying, like the spinach or the avocado or the carrot sticks, you can add things to it to make it a healthier, like more variety where it's not just sitting down and eating peanut butter and jelly, which, you know, sometimes it happens and that's fine, but there are ways to make like these simple meals, like, you know, you can kind of zhuzh it up a little bit and add some more. Yeah. I always like the mindset of what can I add to Mm -hmm. make? We did this fun challenge with my kids of you know, the 30 plants in one in seven yeah, days. Yeah. Do it. And we made it a game and we had a, you know, we did the whole family challenge and it was fun to see all the different colors we could eat. And we just made it a game and they got really into it. So yes. for their oatmeal, instead of just oatmeal, they're like adding chia seeds and hemp seeds and blueberries. And like, are these all plants, mom? Yes. <laughs> and talking about what's a plant and what's not a plant. Yes. How can we add you know, more plants to simple things. So that was a great mindset shift too. Totally. That's such a good one. And I would, I don't know, I was talking to somebody not too long ago who was telling me they did the same thing with their family. Cause I was like, Oh, Oh, I think it was a client of mine. She was telling me, cause I'm like, when my kids get a little older, I was like, that's a good one to do when they're a little older. And she was saying the same thing where it's like, kind of like what you're saying before it kind of gamifies it. And then it's like a challenge and you know, a lot of kids like the challenge part. So I love that. That's such a good one. Yeah, for your little kids, you could even do a rainbow bingo and put like Cute. all the colors in the rainbow and they could make an X every time they ate that color. Just yes. like a fun little game. I love it. You're so good at the games. This is so good. I think the gamification is like, I, that's it. That's it. You're born for this. You're born for this. I love it. Oh my gosh. So much. Oh my gosh. This is good. So such good tips, such good tips. So speaking of kind of like, you know, prepping and stuff. And here's the other thing. And you mentioned this and I like, I liked your tip about like giving your kids quote, a little appetizer and putting out like the veggies and stuff, but for kids. And I know for mine, which now that he's, you know, when he's in school, it's not a big deal because he's at school, but when he's at home, like during the summer, oh my gosh, it was like every 20 minutes. Can I get a snack? Can I get a snack? Can I get a snack? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't eat every 20 minutes. Like, sorry. (laughs) So what can we do with, you know, the constant snacking and two, like a lot of times, you know, for a lot of parents, you know, when they, when their kids do want to snack, it's usually like it's sugary things. So it's kind of twofold there, like being able to control the constant snacking. And then two, just kind of cutting, maybe I say, I want to say cutting sugar. I don't like saying it like that, but just kind of maybe finding some healthier things. They're not eating as much sugar, but yeah, with the constant snacking, I know lots of parents do with this. Yes, constant snacking, especially in the summertime. I yes. record in there. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yes. But instead of snacks, I like to call them mini meals. So, like making sure they have fat, healthy fat, fiber, and protein. Because if they have goldfish, which are delicious, but they don't have any nutrients yes. in them, it's going <laughs> to spike their blood sugar, mm-hmm. and then they're going to crash, and then they're going to be starving and hangry. And but if you do like a mini meal, and you do some fiber, some fruit and vegetable. And then you do some protein and some healthy fats like turkey and cheese. And then I still like to include a fun food, like the crackers and the chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are good and they can be part of like a healthy diet. Totally. So then I'll include some crackers or some chips with guacamole or whatever. But I like to make sure I have a protein, fiber, and fat at each mini meal. So that helps sustain them. Hopefully they'll be able to go for a few hours without eating. 
because they're feeling satiated, they're feeling full, especially the protein. I make sure to get a good amount of protein in every meal and every snack because I find for me, I run with a low blood sugar. So I like make sure I'm eating lots of protein and Mm -hmm. I try to do that for my girls too, for snacks and lunches. Yeah. Yeah. Such good tips. Well, and I think you made a good point. I think it's important to recognize that you can do like the fun foods. I like that, how you said that incorporating the fun foods, like, you know, getting your kids to eat more fruits and vegetables and healthier foods doesn't mean like you can't ever eat chips or crackers or cookies ever again. Like, you know, there's a place for it, but I think like you're saying, just being able to incorporate these other things with those foods. So it's, it's a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about your, because you do have, you mentioned this before, but I want to talk a little bit about your virtual classes. I was trying to say kids in class at the same time, your virtual classes. Cause I think this is great. And I love, cause the other thing I want to ask you about too, is the importance of like getting your kids in the kitchen and like cooking with your kids. So I guess let's speak to both of those and kind of what you've seen in your experience with doing these cooking classes and like the difference it makes and how kids you know, their perspective on food and that kind of thing of of them being involved in the process. Yeah. Well, it's amazing to see kids cooking in the kitchen. I mean, some of the youngest child, I think was like two and a half. So cute. Oh, but he was after class, his mom said, he kept saying, Misa, Misa. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, just getting them excited. I mean, they're not doing a lot. They're holding a spoon. They're mixing something. They're tasting things. And they're just getting excited, which I think is the first step. And then with the tastometers, some of the kids will want to taste each ingredient individually. And then <laughs> we taste it at the end. So they're like tasting garlic and lemon and like all these That's awesome. fun to watch their expressions as they <laughs> taste all these different foods. And they just are really excited and proud of what they made. And I have to say almost everyone at least tries a bite of their creation, which is so important because that's half the battle of getting them to actually take a bite, right? Yep, yep. And most of them enjoy it. And, you know, it sounds weird. Like, what? We're making spinach pancakes? <laughs> I've never had green pancakes before, but you uh, make fun. Yeah. And they're into it. And it's something new they've never done before. Yes. And yeah, it's really, it's I fun. I love it. It is good. Well, and I know that like my my son loves to get in the kitchen with me and he started, he was probably, I want to say he was probably around two and a half because he like, there's like, we have a little stool, you know, that goes against and he would like yeah. to sit on the stool and just kind of let him put stuff in the blender or whatever. Yeah. But he loves it. And I find that too, that, you know, I make, sometimes I'll make like, you know, I'll double the batch of pancakes to make on a Sunday so that my husband gets them ready for school and takes them to school in the morning. So he has something already made, but my son is so more you know, so much more likely to eat, which not that he doesn't like pancakes, but he's so much more likely to eat what I'm making. And we put in like, we add the flax seed and we add, you know, so we're adding on the extra things. And so he, and I, and he asked what it is. And I think that's the other part too, is like, I know for him and now he recognizes things too. And he'll take things out of the pantry, recognizing like, oh, this is flax seed and this is, you know, the oats. And this is, so I think that's fun too, is just having them learn what the things are and kind of putting yeah. it together and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I did that. A sushi class recently. Oh, how fun. Veggie sushi with all the veggies. Yeah. I fermented pickled carrots. Because like probiotics and I wanted to expose them to that. Yeah. Like, woo, (laughs) It was just so fun. I love teaching them, like exposing them to foods that they might not have had experience with. The parents are often surprised that they're eating it. Yeah. 
as parents, we can have this mindset like, oh, they're probably not going right. to like this, which I have to do. I have to like, yeah, but keep our mind. I think it's important to keep our mind open. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they may like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's it. They might. And I think sometimes too, it also helps when other people are asking them to eat it. Cause I know like my son at school, like they make all, they have like really great meals at his Montessori school, but he's doing like, they're doing like veggie stir fry. And it's, but it's like, and he, he never comes home and says he doesn't like the lunch. And it's like, I could cook the same thing at dinner and he'd probably fight me on it. But it's like when he's with his friends or somebody else's, you know, so sometimes, sometimes it helps. Like it's you that's, you know, you're showing them and you're, you're there exposed into it. it's not their parents that are like, you know, eat this. So I think that helps too. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does. So, okay. Moral of the story, guys listening, you need to try some of Misa's virtual cooking classes and expose your kids to this. I love it. It's so good. Okay. So I do have one more question that I want to ask before we finish, but just tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find out. Cause the, oh, one thing I did want to ask you, cause you're talking about a lot of great recipes and maybe you can answer this in the same question, but do you have like recipes and stuff people can try? Do they have a place where they can find those recipes? Yeah. So my website is misascleankitchen.com and I have recipes, I have blog posts, I have my virtual cooking class information up there. So yeah, you can find everything there. The spinach muffins are popular and the sweet potato muffins. Those are great to make with your kids and send them as a snack or as part of a breakfast with some eggs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Perfect. All right. So y'all check out our website and then where else can they find you? just to find out more about you and follow along and all the things. Yeah. I'm active on Instagram at Misa's clean kitchen and Misa is M I S A. <laughs> I always spell that. <laughs> and um, I'm on Facebook as well. Misa's. Perfect. Yeah. All right guys. And of course I'm going to put all that in the show notes. So y'all can go check that out and for sure check out some of her virtual cooking classes. Cause that is going to be a great asset for your family. And I think too, and another important point to make here is, it also applies to adults. Like there's some adults who are still picky eaters. And I have some clients that have worked with that. They'll tell me like, I'm sorry, but I eat like a five-year-old. Like they're like, you know, so I think this is another important way too to expose you as an adult, if you're listening, or maybe your spouse, your partner, whatever, another way to expose them to, you know, more veggies, more different plants. And, you know, so I think it's good yeah. for everybody. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the last question I want to ask you that I like to ask everybody is, what is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? Finding joy, finding something that brings, that helps you get up in the morning, find something that's meaningful to you, whether it's being a mom or your job or a hobby, but find something that brings you meaning and enjoy and makes every day exciting. I love that. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. And I feel like, like listening to your story and I just feel like, I feel like that's what you do. You're going from a first grade teacher to doing this. And it's like, you are so good at gamifying all these, like, I'm totally going to get on your website, by the way, and get all of these games and stuff. But I feel like all of, I mean, everything, all the pieces just fit perfect. And I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. So I love that. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you, Misa, for sharing all of this. This was such good info. And I'm going to put all the links to everything so y'all can check it out and just help expose your kids to new things. So thank you, Misa. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. 
Thanks, y'all.